Hey, and welcome to the Nordic Food Tech Podcast, where we speak with the leading entrepreneurs, organizations, ecosystem builders, and investors designing and enabling new food solutions in Scandinavia. My name is Annalisa Winther, and let's jump in. You're about to listen in on a conversation with Frederick Lean, one of the main forces behind the Foodstack community, which started in Copenhagen and is really this amazing grassroots movement bringing together all different kinds of people on the edges of food innovation in the Nordics, from entrepreneurs, makers, biohackers, food enthusiasts, you name it, they're there, and they're collaborating in their free time to improve the food system. In Denmark, the infrastructure and resources to support food-focused startups and initiatives to scale is still underdeveloped. And while there is a lot going on and a lot of improvements being made, Foodstack has really emerged as this major player giving a voice to the food community, shining a light on how many cool things there are going on here, and enabling people to come together across the value chain by providing physical and digital outlets for them to congregate. So in this episode, we discuss how food can be open sourced, how to build a strong community, the future of the Nordic food tech ecosystem, what's standing in our way for getting there, and the many different ways that you can get involved. Enjoy. So hello, Frederick, and welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to speak with you today. How are you? I am good. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited about being here. Yeah. So I'd like to get started today with uh, maybe a little bit more of a personal question before we dive into the work mm. that you're doing. And I'm curious to hear if there was a moment in life when you really connected with food or you realized that you wanted to work with food. Yeah, that was actually. I, and it came sort of in waves. I think ever since I was small, um, there was this theme of food that I didn't really recognize until, I guess one and a half years ago. And um, so I've been working with um, urban farming and so on, uh, starting five years ago now. And uh, sort of that industry of food just kind of pulled me into it without me sort of being super mindful about it. And I just started loving it. But essentially the idea of uh, like being passionate about food and drinks started when I was four, (laughs) when my, my father sort of uh, discovered something unusual is that whenever we would go and pick up my my sister from her dance practice, uh, he would have coffee and I'd be like, hey, uh, this coffee thing, I want to try it. He's like, huh, sure, you're not going to like it. And then I just loved it. And he, he was, of course, surprised. And then ever since, I've been just nerding out on coffee. And, and uh, that was sort of one of the things that really um paved the way for me to experience taste and so what can i do to improve taste and how we eat wow and i remember you started a map thing right where you could find really good coffee in copenhagen so you don't have to settle yeah actually that was because uh i had lived in uh in australia in melbourne where the people are super hipsters and they are really advanced in their coffee culture actually and so I just got a, I became a snob essentially from living there. And I came back and I was like, where, where's all the good coffee at? And then slowly, little by little, I found out where I could find it. And I thought, hey, you shouldn't have to settle with coffee. 
I mean, any kind of bad coffee is sort of just a waste of caffeine resistance. So let's let's make sure people drink good coffee. So I started a little map um, around where to get actual specialty coffee in Copenhagen, and yeah. And now you're here. So let's here. let's then dive into talking about uh, the work you're doing as one of the forces behind the food stack community. So I think a good way to then get started with that is to say. How did the food stack community get started, and what is it? Yeah, um, so it basically all started one and a half years ago with me and a now friend of mine and a colleague in this whole endeavor, uh, reconnecting over some common frustrations where we've been seeing and observing that um, food technology has a huge potential in solving some of the major challenges that exist within the food system, but the people who can be part of creating those solutions, they are just not really communicating. They're not even doing stuff together uh, to the extent that they should. And so we've been observing that a lot of chefs were just talking to chefs, a lot of engineers were just talking to engineers, and farmers were primarily talking to the soil. And how do you how do you deal with that? And so we said, okay, um, we had both had experiences with open source communities. So we thought this could be a way to tackle it, but let's find out whether there is actually any kind of interest to form a, a open source community in, in Copenhagen where we started out. And so we, we did a meetup first in Copenhagen during uh, what's called Tech Festival in, in Copenhagen. And we had expected that if we were lucky, we might be able to find, uh, like collect around 40 to maybe even 50 uh, people to come. And, and if they were all relevant and really wanted to do something together, then, then we, we would have a foundation. And then we'd been positively surprised that we had more than 300 signups and it was it became a super big event. And then we thought, okay, wow, now we <laughs> we have all kinds of different uh, people from different backgrounds and skill sets, and they're actually really motivated in doing something here. So where do we start? Because, I mean, obviously it's food tech, so that could be a lot of things, right? So we thought, why don't we start from the foundation? What's the foundation of food? Well, that's agriculture. So what is the future of agriculture? Well, part of that future will probably be vertical farming. Um, so let's find out whether that would even be feasible. So we we teamed up with a, um, a company called NextFood uh, that were um, um, wanting to open source their technology instead of uh, patenting it, obviously. And then we said, okay, what is it it takes for this uh, industry to really be kicked off and what we found out pretty fast was it's there was a need to uh, do much more efficient knowledge sharing and people needed to have access to the equipment technology that that you need to run a vertical farm and that had been primarily hidden behind uh, patented walls and knowledge not being shared and all these things so we started out from that perspective and the the project GrowStack. um then came about. So that was the first project that we did um, within the food stack community. It started out being called the Copenhagen Food Tech Community, but soon enough, 
uh, we realized that the rest of Denmark also wanted to play. And now we're collaborating across borders also. So we just realized, okay, we needed to update that name and also that organization uh, to become much more professionalized. So that's actually what's uh, been happening in the latest latest time. So essentially you have this mother organization, uh, which is an uh, NGO, and that spins out different projects. So yeah, for each project, there will be a partner, and uh, sometimes multiple partners. And in this case with Growstack, it was the Danish Society of Engineers that were uh, partners. And then of course, NextFood, who were like the, who provided the technology. And then of course, the community uh, who then activated that technology. And so it's been running for uh, a year at this point. And um, when we started out, there were right around zero commercial farms, uh, vertical farms in, in Copenhagen. And now we're seeing uh, four startups just in Copenhagen. And there are a bunch of others around the country now also starting up. And of course, we can take credit for that. It also has to do with timing and so on. But, uh, but uh, when you ask these people, I'm, I'm very sure you would be finding out that they had all had some kind of touch point with us at some point. So I feel very happy to say that it, it has been able to make some kind of difference in this in this positive direction. Yeah, you guys have had a super incredible, crazy and fast journey. And it's the same with just how many turned out in the beginning. It was very remarkable to watch. And I'm I'm partly curious if you have done asking around or anything like that to hear why people were interested in this or why it was needed mm. or what the instinct was there. I think that it was the same observation that we had made in the, well, I think I'm informed at this point because I had been asking about it, of course. Uh, what is it that drove people to take part in this? Well, it's because that so many people have been talking about, oh, yeah, we have all these problems with the food system and it's terrible. We're all going to die. Okay, but that we can all talk about it. But if no one's really doing anything about it and kind of mobilizing all these different resources and skill sets and passions and whatnot that exists out there, exists out there, then nothing's going to happen. So that's essentially uh, what I what I believe has been has been sort of the the attraction point is that hey, here's someone who's actually making this technology accessible, so you can actually get started and let's do something here. And then another point I think is also the urgency that that um that it, that lies within this field right it's 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 kind of a burning platform here so we kind of need to develop fast if we want to not die <laughs> if you want to actually have food that we don't get sick from and we we actually have a healthy lifestyle uh, available in the future as well um so instead of uh, hiding behind uh, patents and, and trying to take everything for yourself, we kind of need to mobilize all the brain power of the world. So we, it's a, it's a big comparison to make, I know, but we do compare it to the, the internet, like how the internet started. The internet would never have been nearly as powerful and as vastly adopted uh, as it is today if it had been one singular or maybe uh, two companies that have been owning this technology um it said the internet was an open technology stack that people just built upon and built upon and 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 that was that's the reason why it was so accessible and then you know uh, today 
well, we all kind of know the role of the internet basically runs everything. And most things that we, we rely on uh, every day. So that's the same kind of trend we would like to see within food. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of new technologies that can that can act as a platform technologies. They should not be hidden away. They should be um, they should be open source so that people can develop from it. And that's not to say that everything should just be open source. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that the foundational or the the platform technologies that will enable others to innovate um, significantly that should be open source and then the application of that platform well you can do with that uh, as you wish and so on because i am also of course aware that uh, when you talk about investments and all these things and new startups and there are some um let's say willingness to uh, let's say lack of willingness sometimes to invest in startups uh, that does not have IP strategy and all these things in, in, in the same way. So, so there's some there's something to to level out there. Of course, I'm not blind to that. But I think that the the open source element for the foundational technologies that is very central here. I I completely agree. And when you first mentioned this concept, you know, in some ways it's counterintuitive because food is something we consume at least three times a day on average, and it doesn't seem like some the people. kind of some people that's true. But it also doesn't seem like the kind of thing that you just naturally think of as open source when we get into that dialogue. But I, mm. uh, as a witness to what you guys have been doing, um, I know some listeners may not be familiar with Copenhagen for the win and what the, the movement was around that. But about seven or eight years ago in Copenhagen, we had a couple people in the startup community gather everyone together because people weren't talking and they were very much in silos, just like we've seen in the food community here. And those needed to be broken down in order to move forward together because it wasn't meant to be competitive and we can run faster if we're running it together and in the same direction. And exactly. I think you guys have been doing a lot of the same work and very important work in that line because there's so much going on, but there's no platform or gathering point, one, in terms of people getting together and then two, in terms of spreading the technology. And uh, maybe it would help if you elaborate a little bit on the kind of work you're doing and the projects and what you mean when you say building this platform and what that looks like. Yeah, sure. Um, so in terms of what we're actually doing, so we do projects, right? We have a we have a we have a sort of mother organization which is uh, organized in a little bit of a different way than you would see in your normal organization. Essentially, we've taken your traditional. Um, organizational chart and turn it upside down so the people who are really doing the work they just get to decide and sort of the central secretariat or like the head of the food stack essentially uh, at this point that's me who who knows who that be in the future hopefully someone who's much better at that than me but um, that person is essentially just there to support and it's just there to make sure that all these great initiatives, they actually fly out. They actually, uh, they get wings and they become uh, real successful and they become implemented for their purpose. And so, so some of the projects that, all the projects we do essentially are projects that uh, create accessibility and that enable change to happen essentially. So if you think of, uh, of GrowStack, Essentially, GrowStack is a project to enable and kickstart vertical farming in the Nordics, right? So, so we looked at, okay, what is needed there? And we just addressed that. And now that is becoming a 
cooperative because we saw that one of the big hurdles uh, that we uh, that the people encounter when they want to start is actually sourcing. They want to find the right equipment. They want to find the right consumables, the right seeds. Uh, you need hydrogen peroxide to clean your system and all these things, right? And it actually, it takes a lot of time to find that. And even that's a model that's very known uh, in the uh, in the classic agriculture, you could say, right? You have all these in Danish, it's called Lenpo for Eninga, which is cooperative, essentially. Like it's farmer-owned organizations that organize uh, sourcing, shopping of seeds, equipment and like it's very it's very uh collaborative way of doing business essentially so like co-opetition i guess you could call it and uh so yeah uh, essentially all the projects we do are uh, revolves around creating accessibility within a certain uh technology field and of course there's the the projects and then there are some of the events we do uh the events uh, that's uh one example has been the uh, Copenhagen uh, Food Jam, where we took some challenges, uh, and in the weekend we just uh, developed uh, food products that would address a certain problem. Someone did a uh, seafood sriracha using a an invasive species of uh, crabs to to actually make uh, yeah a type of food product from that, um, and others did like a. a plant kebab and all sorts of crazy stuff that were that were made uh, to address some of the let's say let's get some tasty and uh, let's a little bit more you could say environmentally friendly or less co2 heavy uh, products uh, out there and uh, that's one thing so like a hackathon type of event then we also uh, do uh, reoccurring uh, meetups where uh, for instance with a vertical wednesdays where every second Wednesday we meet uh, at our new Grow Lab, uh, and we basically follow up all the different sub projects that exist within uh, the the Grow Stack, um, the Grow Stack. Uh, how do you say realm? The realm of Grow Stack. So the project has a, a number of sub projects. One is a maker project where uh, we have taken this uh, industrial grade next food uh, open source system and said okay how can we enable anyone to build this in their home in a few hours uh, and of course that meant that we have to reduce the complexity a lot and that's fine uh, so we've done that and documented everything online and anyone can now go and buy all the all the things and and get started and there's a guide on how to do it and all these things so, so we also recognize that of course uh, most people who get started uh, even professionally within this field they had a journey right most of them start with okay let's let's grow a few tomatoes in the in the in the window and start seeing actually hey i could do this this is not that difficult and then you start to automate stuff and and you know that's basically the story of most of the people who got started today uh, within vertical farming they sort of started on a on a, on a private level and then they sort of uh ventured into the professional space because they just got more and more curious so yeah um a, diff a bunch of different other projects within um, different fields but what they all have in common is that they are uh they are initiatives that make food technology accessible and connect the different players that need to be connected in order to actually progress yeah and i think maybe most importantly 
as a group, you guys have been incredibly good at enabling other people to take the ball in the initiative so that it is very flat in a hierarchy. And if you are inspired to do something and you have something you want to do, then you just go for it and make it happen. Uh, and that is, I think, very unique because it means the organization has been much more organic, but it's also been moving very quickly because everybody had these kind of dormant interests that they wanted to jump in and take advantage of, but they just didn't have an outlet to use it. So it's also cool to see how all these different people, whether they work full time with food or it's just a passion or they have some other skill set that's not even related, are being able to jump in and do something. Uh, so I, at the same I time, congratulate you on that because it's been it's really amazing also to be a part of. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's going forward, and I'm very happy with that. I think also one of the things that I, I didn't mention yet is that, I mean, essentially when you're doing a food startup, that is not like doing a software startup. Oh yeah. You know, it it requires <laughs> it requires physical infrastructure. There's so many regulations, and like, you know, the the fintech guys think they have it hard. You know. It's, it's 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 talk about FDA in the in the in the, in the Americas, right? Oh, yeah. You have the same you have the same kind of institution all over the world, and then there are different needs, and so the complexity is really high. And of course, distribution is a whole other story, right? So it's just uh, it is quite complex. So that also means that if you as a, let's say a new company, a startup, you want to actually enter the market space, man, there's a lot of compliance and you don't want to reinvent that wheel. You just don't want to do that. So ideally, uh, you want to collaborate with the already existing industry. And that's one of the things that we're really kind of rooting for because there's actually a match here. Like there's a bunch of uh, really well-meaning uh, corporate uh, uh, organizations that are dealing with food that they realize they need to innovate. They need to understand where it is this uh, whole field is going and they're probably not geared to actually innovate in the way that startups will be able to which is a, you know at this at the point it's a pretty established fact right and you see all these um, corporates moving into corporate innovation and corporate venture arms and all these things and that's really great because that will enable much more strategic sort of partnerships and 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 funding sources for for uh, for startups and so talk about smart money right if you if you have a an investor that will also hey i can give you the distribution chain oh that's pretty helpful you know so 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 that sort of thing is what i really want to see much more of and that's why we're 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 now developing all these um these partnerships that um that will enable the startups to actually really accelerate so to that um, point, is there anything that you think the food tech ecosystem in the Nordics is missing that you would like to see develop? Uh, actually, yes. That's one thing. There's, um, I mean, these, these, uh, these technologies, well, there's a lot of things, right? <laughs> but, but I think in terms of uh, actual creating like a common direction, there's one thing I think that's a little bit missing. If you look at sort of uh, what created the gastronomic m momentum in the Nordic, like the new Nordic cuisine, right? It's there were a bunch of uh, let's say industry leaders within the gastronomic field. You had like the René Redzebi from Noma, and you had uh, Klaus Meyer and etc. All these guys who got together and say, okay, let's define what it is we're doing with this new type of gastronomy, and so we can sort of move it into a common direction, not only in terms of 
being able to up, uh, uphold some kind of standard, but also uh, getting an identity um, and all these things. So that enabled uh, a country like Denmark to go from uh, in 10 years from five to 35 Michelin stars. That's quite remarkable for a small country. And it's getting international attention and like, uh, you know, uh, people travel to Copenhagen as a food destination now. I'm like, what? You know, that, that would have happened uh, 10 years ago. It just wouldn't. So, so that's quite interesting. And I think we need to kind of take a decision as well in the Nordics here about what it is we want to do with food technologies because there is a great opportunity and a great risk also. Uh, I kind of usually compare it to the situation of nuclear technology. So that sounds very scary. Yeah, it does. Uh, but essentially it is. Essentially it is because, I mean, when you have a, uh, let's say in the case of nu- nuclear technology, you you can either create energy or a bomb, right? You have to kind of create some principles of how do we apply this within the industry so that we actually improve how things are being done in a progressive way and, and like not uh, just kind of enforce the current, um, let's say, non-sustainable methodology that is happening on, on a lot of levels. So uh, we kind of need to agree on some principles, I think, so that we all move in the same direction. And of course, you have some things like the, you know, the UN SDGs and so on, but they're a bit fluffy, let's, let's be honest. So let's be much more um, specific. And what is it actually that we'll be doing in the Nordics to make sure that all these new technologies we're introducing into the market space, into the industry, that they will actually be future positive? But uh, while that's true, I mean, you kind of sit from this high level, having a bird's eye view of what's going on. And do you see any particular strengths in the Nordics? So if we were going to focus our attention on making a manifesto that's directed at the whole food system, where is it that we really thrive versus in other parts of the world? Yeah, um, there's a few things. I mean, we've been able to kind of change uh, an identity before, like the the the, um, the example I just mentioned, right? The gastronomic identity of, of the Nordics is completely changed now. And it's very successfully done. That's one thing. Uh, we have a quite high scientific literacy. We're quite well-educated in the Nordics generally. We have a big farming tradition. Uh, we have a very successful cooperative tradition. Like the, the, uh, I, I like to say that you know the Danish uh, production economy is basically built on butter. Right? It's like the, the cooperative dairy farmers back in the day who got together and say, actually, we can, we can do this together. So there's a kind of uh, willingness uh, to collaborate. It's kind of like, pre-open source, open source, essentially, right? It's not a, essentially not a new thing. It's just now we're putting it, it's, it has some added complexity due to the technology aspect being more dominant. So, um, and what else? Yeah, I mean, ability to understand the change, you know? Um, a lot of people like to tell the story that change is so impossible for an industry like food, but, I mean, and especially for something like uh, public kitchens, right? But, um, in Denmark, uh, in Copenhagen, the, the, it's, there's a public initiative to make um, the chefs of the public cantinas change into organic. That's been going on for some years, and they're quite successful. It's possible, you know. And, and people said in the beginning, "Oh, it's never going to happen." They're, you know, they're buying from the way they're always done, and blah, blah, blah. no, it actually worked. So most of the, uh, they've they've kind of like kicked the 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 ball out of the park. 
uh, in terms of uh, in terms of results for this uh, initiative, and that's quite interesting. And you see also a lot of willingness to incentivize people to do this. Like I know that uh, Mayas has uh, you know done some financial incentivization. If you can even say that, I don't know if that's the best word. Anyway, they've incentivized their chefs, their head chefs in the kitchen operations to actually cut down uh, meat and other emission-heavy foods. That's quite that's quite a big thing to do. I haven't seen that other places. So the other part is that, you know, these are these are relatively small countries, you know. They can act as proof of concept for other countries to follow. So it's it's not as heavy an operation to change a country like Denmark as it is to change, let's say, the states, right? The U.S. would be, it's a lot of more people. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's huge in the fact that we can act as this incubator. And I think people are really starting to catch on to that in, in terms of how they're working and scaling things and piloting them. But within this, too, do you have a vision or does the community have a vision for what the ecosystem should look like in 10 or 15 years from now? Because it is in this early stage of development and we're starting to see momentum pick up. But where do you think it's going to go? It's going to explode. <laughs> I mean, I think it's going to explode. Seriously. Um, like, I, like I mentioned, we have all the, the basic resources here and we have a lot. We have so many organizations who are actually pretty good at doing one or two things that help startups in this and that way and i think what we really need to do now is just to mobilize the people out there who actually will create startups it's like sometimes i almost feel like there are more people helping startups than actual startups you know in this in this type of country uh so i think we need to really mobilize uh, the people who are sort of uh, on the verge of saying should i should i go for it or not and then you know uh, there's a there's a there's uh, in some cases there can be a need to give people a bit of a push, right? So in terms of in terms of seeing what would this look like ten years from now, man, that could be anything. But ideally, it would be based on, in my vision at least, it would be based on using the old deeds uh, with new tech, like the cooperative mindset that like building the infrastructure that's needed for an efficient food system that's non-wasteful and all the good things uh, by using the principles of the cooperative. I mean, it, it's been working forever. Why are we not using it more? You know? Yeah. And it's fun to see how history is reinventing itself in that sense and how this uh, old concept is being recycled into modern times. But I would also just like to hear what the community's future plans are and what you guys are currently most excited about in terms of what's coming up. And I think it's also good to touch upon the fact that this community has a physical manifestation and a digital one and how people can get involved in that way because it is something that you can come and participate in in multiple ways. Yeah, sure. There's all kinds of ways to to connect with us. Um, we're right now revamping the website, actually. That could be a good point of entry. So foodstack.org can go there. And um, you can see what's going on and you can visit uh, the site to see some information about the different uh, circles, as we call them. These are like project groups, essentially. Um, what's going on there and how to get involved with those. And of course, the, uh, the events that we're doing, um, how to be part of that, essentially. Um, and in terms of what we're most excited about, well, first of all, revamping uh, the organization into a much more professional unit. That's something I'm really excited about. Like designing an organization in this way is it's, it's quite new for me. And I haven't really seen a lot of other examples. 
like this. So we're kind of going into uh, a new turf somehow. And I find that really exciting. And I, I feel a great momentum uh, locally here, as well as some of the partners that we're having in other countries. So I'm really excited about actually not just gaining momentum here in Copenhagen, but also branching out to some parts of Sweden, going to Barcelona and different places where we already have some reach. So I'm really, really excited about not just kind of scoping the organization here in, in Denmark, but also you could say scaling actually internationally as startup uh, lingo as that even sounds, but um, essentially basically growing the, the operation and making sure that more people have access to the technology that will bring them forward for their goals within food. Absolutely. And what about the space that you guys are building out at Symbian? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So right now, we're basically, <laughs> that's one thing. So, yeah, uh, right now we're building basically uh, what you could call a full stack food lab, right? So there is a grow container. There was basically a, a, a grow lab with vertical farming. And there's also a, a bottling line there. Um, for beverage production, then you have a bio lab um, where you can work with all kinds of enzymes and people are making cheese from nut protein and all this kind of crazy stuff. Then you have uh, a production kitchen right next to it, a three-part uh, food lab, but that is mainly focused on actual production because that's what we saw was missing. Like we, we have a bunch of different food labs out there that are focused a lot on like research, which is cool, but we kind of wanted to focus much more on, okay, let's produce something. Let it's, let's actually make some products that can go on the market. Uh, let's make sure that all the people who are working with solutions within, let's say, for instance, vertical farming, they actually have a place to go and test their stuff in, in a climate controlled environment and all these, creating the facilities for actual development uh, in, in one place with three units. I'm really excited about that, for sure. Mm. And is it relevant to talk about the fact that there's a very active Facebook group, or is that something you guys may or may not continue with? Oh, sure. I mean, that Facebook group is notorious. So it's, it's not going to evaporate anytime soon, for sure. I mean, that was, the, that was our original sort of digital touch point we even had like uh, as i mentioned it was sort of uh, loosely organized from the beginning and now it's becoming much more professionalized so uh, the only sort of digital touch point we had from beginning was like okay we just asked the people when we had the first meetup and the second meetup to uh, to find out okay how should we connect after this should we what would you like and people were just let's say uh, wanting to keep it simple so most of them were already on Facebook. So they said, why don't we actually create a Facebook group? And at the end of that uh, meetup, someone had already created that Facebook group and started inviting people. So, so, that was, so, that was, uh, so that's already uh, in place, of course, and been in place as one of the first things uh, to kind of um, follow up on all the, the cool things happening. And what's happening in that, in that group is basically people asking for help, uh, you know, sharing info about some projects, some cool research going on, and so on. 
and of course the different uh, meetups that are happening where people can come and and become engaged in, in all the activities it's also being they're being shared on that facebook group and that facebook group is right now called cph food tech group uh, but we're going to change that name obviously since we're changing the name of the organization to the food stack community awesome we'll provide links to all of these so that if you're based in copenhagen and you want to get involved in the community or use the facilities you can just jump right in and same if you're in another country and want to build the network out i think uh, that's also a beautiful movement because there's just there's a lot of good stuff going on and people just have to talk across the aisle yeah for sure i mean it's also one of the things we really want to do is to do, i mean uh create almost like small formats of how to do these things like make it more easy to create community uh that uh, like sharing our learnings about how, what worked for us what didn't work for us right so creating small formats of okay, when you do a meetup around this type of food technology, what should you consider? Uh, how do you do this in the best way? And of course, it needs to be localized as well, but sharing the learning so that people can replicate in their own way. Absolutely. And that's the open source value to the core, which is making so much sense in terms of where we need to go in order to be future positive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank for you sure. so much for your time today and for speaking. Um Yeah, we'll provide all the links so that people can connect. And good luck. Well, thank you. And thanks for having me. Very excited to see what you're going to be doing with this podcast in the future. All right, guys, that's all for today. You can find the show notes and more episodes at nordicfoodtech.io. And if you like what you hear, please be generous and take the time to rate the show or share it on social media. This is all about creating better food solutions, and we can't do that without your help. I'm Annalisa Winther, and let's spread the word about the Nordic food tech ecosystem together. See you next time.